0: Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by Seat Geek. I'm your host Bobby Skinner here with my co-host Justin Pennick. We got a mix preview for the draft. We're looking at running backs and tight ends. Uh, this is a position, Justin, for the Giants where they have two star players, right? And Saquon Barkley and Darren Waller. So we figured we we'd put these two positions together because we're going to be looking for depth. But there's a handful like. Most of these are uh, done because of top 30 visits, right? Like three tight ends for top 30 visits and two of the backs for top 30 visits and then like, uh, you know, pro day visits. So, Justin, how are you?
1: I'm good, Bobby Skinner. Uh, six days. <laughs> Next week is it, man. Next week is, uh, is it. You know, it's one of the weekends that we look forward to throughout the entire year, even more than you know winning some games during the regular season the new york football giants are going to become a much better football team this week i'm going to say that plenty of more times as we get closer to the draft but it makes me feel good how are you
0: i'm good i'm ready i'm i'm excited to talk about these running backs and these tight ends i think they're all different too like we're not looking at like a prototype which, you know, for the position, we don't really have a read on what they like for running backs. Um, and then tight end, you know, you have Darren Waller, obviously, who's a unreal top of the league receiving threat, not a not a blocker. And then Bellinger, who's more of a two way player. And then you look at Buffalo. So it's we don't really have a prototype. So we're going off of these top 30 visits. Um, before we get into it, Joe Shane talked to the media today. There really wasn't much. And I know there's going to be like huge speculation with the Saquon stuff, but he did. You can tell like, Hey, negotiations are kind of hard and fast right now with Saquon Barkley and his reps. Like he's Joe Shane is not going to give them anything because when every time they asked him about Saquon Barkley said, haven't talked to no update since we last, uh, you know, since owner meetings, nothing's changed, haven't talked to him. Like, so they are, they're, they're, they're playing hardball with each other and they're not giving the agency anything to really go at like he wanted to expound on that like hey we love Saquon we want to be a part of this team he's important like he's just quick and that was the only time he would give those short answers so I know people speculate like crazy like could he be traded no I don't see that happening but it does kind of show like these negotiations are they're not budging
1: yeah and something that Joe Shane also said just about roster building and about the NFL draft that is is significant, and I do think it's true, you know, especially this press conference more than any is all about, you know, smokescreen season, and you kind of want your GM to lie a little bit. (laughs) You know, the the presser before the draft, what are you looking for? What do you want to do? Kind of want him to lie at least a little bit. But what I do think matters, and this is a serious answer, is you draft not just based on your 2023 needs, but you're also looking at well, whose contract is coming up? How many years do we have Leonard Williams left on the books? How many years do we have uh, Saquon Barkley on the books? So you're looking at, you know, certain positions that maybe are of need right now. They could be dire needs next year. And, you know, at least running back, you know, we're talking about running backs and tight ends today. At least running back is a position that the Giants could be drafting, not necessarily to fill a hole for this year. Matt Breed is still here, Saquon Barkley's still here, but They could be drafting to fill a hole for next year if Saquon Barkley is not part of this future and Joe Shane is playing really hard ball with Saquon Barkley. But also, Bobby, the tight end position is still interesting, too, because I still do believe part of this, you know, maybe it's a little bit of rumor speculation of even over the last two years, the Giants have constantly been looking to upgrade the tight end position in some way. And part of me still has this feeling that maybe they're they still want to do that, even though Darren Waller and what's his fucking face? Daniel Bellinger, Daniel Bellinger are on the team. Thank you. Very Let's good spoke- speech right there. And I just ruined it. You don't have, do you have any. Do you have any response to that about the kind of looking for needs, you know, kind of maybe two years out instead of just looking at it for one? I mean, you know
0: me. I'm not. I'm a. I'm a best player available guy, and even more so day three. Like day three, the likelihood of these guys turning into good players is very unlikely. So take the one that you think has the best chance out of it, no matter what position that that guy is. Um, right, you know, and I was even off-
1: thinking, like you know, looking at a tight end like Musgrave, you know, which that's a you know day one, day two kind of guy, or you know, even adding a tight end like that, which would be surprising some- if they did that there are certain elements that i adamantly disagree with that and we'll get to that when we start actually talking about tight ends but i think we want to start talking about running backs first
0: yeah let's start with running backs and this has been a guy that's been linked to the giants for some time uh was on a top 30 visit dane Bruegler mocked him there at pick 89 and that is Kendre miller running back at a tcu 5 foot 11 215 pounds nice nice running back size put up 1400 rushing yards for them Justin, I, I really like J. Miller. I think he is a, di- a diverse back, and they you know ran basically fifty fifty gap and zone stuff at TCU, and I think he's a solid athlete. Like his speed is solid, um, and it's an above average speed for his size. And there's not a ton of, ton of flash to Kendra Miller's game. Like, he has really good contact balance. Like, he's not easy to go down. But what I really like about him is his vision, man. Like, he sees plays develop really well. Like, he can see where, okay, this linebacker's flowing this way. And he'll also influence linebackers and has a really nice, like, lateral jump cut to work off of them. So, he to me, he's, like, he's very patient. Like, sets his blocks up well. Like, sees stuff coming. And then like has that good contact balance to where he's not going to go down from weak tackle attempts.
1: All right. You ready for me to talk about Kendra Miller? I mean, are you ready? I think this might be the longest that I go on a prospect because I have numbers and I am in love. This is the first really kind of day two, day three prospect that I'm really kind of slamming my fist on the table for that. I really want him in giants, but partially because I think even though we're talking about him first, Miller's going to be a guy that's going to go after like Tajay Spears. He's going to go after, I think, a decent amount of running backs in this class. And this also speaks to just how deep this running back class is. But Kendra Miller, Bobby, I don't know if you mentioned it, but I'll mention it again if you didn't. 20 years old, turning 21 in the month of June young, young, young super young and I like a lot you know you like your running backs that don't necessarily have a lot of tread on their tires. that's very, very attractive. one of if not the highest explosive run rates in this class at 8.3 percent an explosive run rate of 20 plus yards. so what really what that why that's so important there have been a lot of people, uh, a lot of you know analytics people that I follow, They do a lot of good work, and one of the things that they found that one of the, if not the most, transferable metric from the college game to the program in terms of predicting running back success is explosive run rate. I mean, I'll even go to last year. Let's go to last year, for example. Last year, James Cook led the class last year in explosive run rate at 8.1%. Didn't get a lot of work, and his game is kind of tough to... You know, go
0: two or three years ago because it's rookies but, uh, are just started playing.
1: But we'll even go to Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker was number two, 8%. Brees Hall was number three, 6.8%. Um, Damian Pierce was number seven, 5.1%. Rashad White, who had a pretty solid rookie year. You liked him coming out of Arizona, uh, Arizona State last year, 5.3%. All those guys in the top seven. Uh, especially Kenneth, Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall. We already know that they're, you know, they had solid rookie years as well. Um, I can go back and maybe I'll tweet out over the last two, three years. But um, that's one of the traits, one of the metrics that transfers best in the NFL. And Kendre Miller is one of the best, and almost creeping up towards ten percent. That was better than James Cook last year. He's two hundred fifty pounds. He shakes and he shimmies much. It doesn't even. If you didn't look up his weight, you don't even know that he moves like that. Um, yeah, he
0: moves but, really well for that size.
1: Easy change of direction in the box. The the balance and the contact balance is insane. Insane. The dude will sometimes be like, it looks like he's about to tumble down and do a somersault. He'll somehow, somehow catch himself and he'll continue to get yards after contact. 13th among draft eligible players in yards after contact per attempt. Eight most runs of 10 plus yards. Tied for 5th. Most rushing plays of 15 plus yards, sixth in missed tackles forced among draft eligible players, at least one explosive play, 20 plus yards in 12 of 14 games in 2022, averaged 6.7 yards per carry throughout his career, and shows a little bit of promise as a receiver despite not being targeted enough. And I saw some kind of reports, Bobby, you know, some write ups being like, well, you know, he's 215 pounds, you know, nearing 220, but he doesn't really run like it. I can I can agree with that. Like he's not like Brandon Jacobs. He's not like a powerback. He's not like AJ Dillon. But if you watch some of his goal line carries, and TCU could say TCU does run a little bit of a fake offense, Big 12 offense, but goal if you see some of his goal line carries, it's conventional, under center, put a fullback there too. And the power that he does show from his legs, it is there. This is not a back that's 215 pounds that wants to run like he's 185. He does use the power when he has to and in those short yardage situations. And I do think that will also transfer over to the next level as well. So I really love Kendre Miller. If you're thinking about like a Tajay Spears in round three, I offer you to really consider Kendre Miller in round four. As in a player that I think Kendra Miller is going to transfer even better than a guy like Tajay Spears at the NFL level. He has he has the size, he has the pedigree that already shows that he's ready to rock and roll. I implore you to take this guy in round four versus looking at any other running back in this class early day, early or day two or day one.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I have him rated higher than Tajay Spears, even though Tajay Spears was a like more fun player like to me uh not by much i think by like one one letter grade i have them different um i thought you know i have Kenjay miller it's like my b minus which is early third and then uh tajay spears is a late third um i get the goal line stuff but there is like you know the the game football is not played at the goal line because and there is too often where he kind of plays high and he just doesn't run with power to run through good tackle attempts but he's going to take every week a tackle attempt and run through it um coming off that mcl injury so that's obviously a little worrisome but he again he's only the youngest guy in the class 20 years old will be 21 when the season starts i believe um yeah i think he's just again running back can be a position where we get lost in the sauce of flash and stuff which obviously all that stuff matters but kenji miller like you said he he creates the explosive plays, even though he's not like the fastest straight line guy in the world. Like he created them just as much as anybody else. Um, and was able to split safeties even at times with his speed. So I, I like him, man. And his vision to me is just top, top tier. Um. And like I said like he'll he can he'll let plays develop he'll see where things you know players are flowing and if a linebacker' is doing his job well he'll influence that linebacker and then cut them off and, and yep. has these really nice lateral cuts off of them so yeah like this is you know we look at top 30 visits and stuff and this was like ooh, I'm excited that this was a top 30 visit for the Giants um and like you said if he is somehow there in the fourth round I would love i w- I, w- I would love getting a Kendra Miller out of tcu um and you know they brought him in for a top 30 so hopefully they were able to clear him medically and stuff like that obviously that plays a factor in this coming off that mcl injury in the michigan game um so yeah um and like you said he does have some power to him so it's like if you could harness that and and translate that some more to the nfl like he's going to be a good back for a team um and he holds up as a blocker pretty well like out of the four running backs we're going to talk about Kenjay miller is is the best blocker and they didn't use him much in the receiving game but like i think he can do an adequate job there too so like he yeah. is to me he's a three down back
1: yeah plus 1.1 rushing yards over expected per attempt too um we finally have a position where i can look at metrics that i like looking at at the nfl level that usually means if you're a good player or a bad player uh, and running back is one of those spots. And Kendra Miller uh, has one of the best rushing yards over expected per attempts in this class. Uh, yet he's not seen as one of the tip-top running backs in this class. And I don't really get it, but I kind of want to keep it that way. Let's keep it that way until uh, until day three of the draft where the Giants can snag him.
0: Next guy on this list is the guy I have rated higher than Kendra Miller, but he's not a top 30, so I didn't want to say him first. Zach Charbonnet out of UCLA. Justin, you fell in love with a UCLA running back before. Do you remember his name?
1: No, <laughs> oh, gosh. No, it was a it was a funky name, right? No. No. JJ he, re- he was really uh JJ uh, Taylor. No, that was no, that was Arizona. No, oh
0: yeah, that was, it was me. I like Joshua Kelly, who went, came from UCLA.
1: There was a there was a running back that was really really small that had a funky name that I liked a couple years ago. But that was not, JJ Taylor, not no, Puka Williams, right? Puka Williams, that's who I'm thinking of.
0: He, he moved to. We had a big like, who's going to be better in the league Because we were looking at like round five, six running backs, Puka Williams versus Javon Hawkins. Well, I don't think either one of them's ever gotten an NFL we, carry. We
1: didn't. We didn't. Nobody won.
0: That was 2020, like, let's look at seventh-round running backs, and then yeah. they would draft Gary Brightwell.
1: Well, um, I guarantee you, you if, if you actually really wanted to revisit the debate, you would find some sort of stat or some sort of, like, see, look at this one play that Bobby Skinner would win the debate because that's you like to win things. Let's figure it out, JV and Hawkins stats. <laughs> Let's figure it out. <laughs> Puka Williams. Yeah, but I realize oh, – J.J. Taylor. Uh, I think we had a debate about that too, and J.J. Taylor's Hawkins been home home, – J.J. Taylor's been too. just fine for the for the Pats. What are you saying?
0: I said Javian Hawkins was a, a hometown guy too. All right, so mm. Hawkins was with the Rams May fourth, two 2022. I think he might win this because I think Puka Williams was, like, kept around on practice squats sure. because he moved to wide receiver. Yeah, I told you. Well, he might have got arrested. Puka? Yeah.
1: I win. Culture of violence.
0: Weird, because Javion Hawkins came from Coco, so if like you asked me to bet who would get arrested, it would be...
1: It depends. What did Puka get arrested for?
0: Hey, you win. Puka, Puka Williams had three kick returns in his career. Boom. I win. And, and, was and he got on arrested. A... All right. Congrats. You win. You Thank win. Thank you. What did he get arrested for? I before I before up. I advocate not, it, I don't want to advocate
1: I'm, for it. Then I I'm take not it back.
0: It up. Uh, anyway, Zach Charbonnet to get back on track. He's put up twenty five hundred rushing yards the last two years. Um, man, he is an every down back who just he physically imposes himself on the game in the game. You know, he's not the quickest guy in the world, but he does have good long speed when he builds up and gets out in space. Um, he his contact balance. He just he breaks a ton a ton of tackles and he is a banger who plays behind his pads and his feet like continue the churn like he's he's someone who never never goes down easy anywhere on the field and with that I think he's a guy who can move around a little bit at six foot 214 pounds like Charbonnet I I like him I don't know if he's in the range for the Giants I don't know where he's gonna go but man like he is he he just refuses to go down and, and like I said imposes himself on the game
1: yeah, seventh in yards after contact per attempt, fifth in runs of ten plus yards, six point eight percent explosive run rate, one of the best in this class, like within the top ten. Sharp, uh, I mean, Charbonnet just breaks tackles. I mean, that's just that's just what he does, and and for his size, I mean, just look at the size. You know, six foot two fourteen. He is he's turn he's twenty two, turning twenty three next January. So that's kind of a fine size. Uh, just feels like a natural fit and just feels like he's kind of slated to have a solid NFL career and you know doesn't do anything maybe spectacular or flashy but Charbonnet is going to do it he's going to break tackles for you
0: and I mean I feel like he would be a really good fit for the Giants running game and he's like out of the four guys we're talking about, he's the best receiver. Like he's a really good route runner, uh, with like a, even like a good catch radius and strong hands to catch the ball away from his body. Even there's contest. I, I saw him line up out wide and he was able to stack a corner and get vertical, right? Like a lot of running backs can't do that type of stuff. Um, Now he's not someone who's like a he's not a make you miss type of guy. He's very much like, I'm gonna throw you off my shoulders. But when he is in the open field, like he knows who he is, right? So he's not gonna run up and try and use leverage against you and kill you at the last second, like a Tajay Spears is who I'm excited to talk about. He kind of will break you down and set you up and then burst. And then it's kind of like a weaker tackle attempt from the uh, the players in the open field that he's able to run through those. Like, it's it's pretty impressive for him to, like, understand who he is and what his game is. Like, there was multiple times where he gets out in the open field. And, he, like I said, he has good build-up speed. And he's got, like, he's he's got a defender in the open field. And he will kind of stutter step and break that guy down, like I said, about five yards. And that stops that guy's momentum from working. And then he will break one way. And then that's just like a worse angle for the tackle. And he will end up breaking that and, and, and getting a big run. Um, now, his vision isn't great. Um, but he does like press the hole with like click, quick lateral jump cuts. Um, and I think he's someone who kind of uses blockers as shields rather than setting the blocks up, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah, he's he's a guy who a lot of people love. And I, I get it, you know, um, even though he only ran a four five three forty, 3.40, but he like he doesn't look slow out there, and he—I'm telling you, man. There's—I—I I, I have the soft uh, spot in my heart for guys who will get behind their shoulder pads and and bang.
1: Mm. Love banging.
0: I have him as a uh, second round player.
1: Yeah, and that's why I'm not—I'm not acting too enthused right now because I—I he's definitely going to be. I hope that he's out of the Giants' range. Like I, I'm not—I'm not for picking a running back like in the the second round right now.
0: Yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see where where backs go in this draft class. Like, that's that's something that can always fluctuate from year to year. You remember, like, Khalil Herbert was there in the sixth round. You had, uh, you know, the what was the kid from Louisiana um, who was on the 49ers? Got Elijah right? Mitchell. We talked Eli- about him. Elijah Mitchell, yeah. Rob Sale. The Rob Sale connection. Running back is just a weird one where it's like you see guys who you like and uh, uh, address and m- most people, like, think is a good player and they just fall like I you know, because of that, hey, we can get a running back later thing kinda does leak. And especially for a guy like Zach Charbonnet, where I could see it, is because he's not the he's not the freak athlete type of guy. Like he is a get behind his pads, but also there's teams, you know, A. J. Dillon got drafted really much higher than we all yeah. thought A. J. Dillon would get drafted. Well, so it takes
1: one team to <laughs> it takes one team and somebody like you to really, you know, fall fall in love and be like, I think this I think this guy's this guy's worth it for sure but but, sharp, but his skill set it just feels like it's easily easily transferable to the NFL level the way that he runs the way that he plays um and the way that NFL teams you know ask running backs to be productive you know and that's get four you know 4 yards I'm to taking carry taking
0: him. him in fantasy drafts this year
1: taking him in fantasy drafts
0: all right, next guy on this list is a very fun player, and we we've, we've watched him down the Senior Bowl and got really excited about him, and that's Tajay Spears out of Tulane, five foot ten, two hundred one pounds, had uh, over fifteen hundred yards this past season with twenty one touchdowns. Uh, I guess he had eighteen hundred yards when you include his receiving. Man, he is fast and elusive, like, and he is constantly looking for the big play, which can be a negative for him. Uh, you know and you talk about yards after contact this guy was second in in this class for yards after contact per rush I think only behind Bijan Robinson and he is elusive and is a make you miss guy like he has stop start ability he will juke the shoes out of you Um, the negative though Justin is his vision is pretty bad Um, there is just too many times where even like he'll create negative runs and sometimes like you know, there's and we've seen this at with Saquon Barkley at times before this season, where it's like, hey, you broke one tackle. Don't feel like you got to break five more tackles to make this a successful play. Like you broke that one tackle in the backfield. That's the offensive line's fault. Your gifted ability was able to break it. Now get upfield and turn this into a three yard run instead of feeling like you got to turn this into a home run. And there was just too many times where it's like he would carry the run horizontally and not get upfield. And it's like, man, there's the gap. Go, go. And if you got vertical a half a second earlier, you got a 15, 20-yard run. Instead, this is a negative one to one-yard run. Um, But, again, slippery and hard to tackle um, in the hole, too, not just in the open field. And in the open field, you know, out of these guys, like there's no one who's going to make you miss better than Tajay Spears, and he could be a great weapon in the screen game. I think his his route running needs polish. Tajay Spears is – for the non Bijan Robinson guys, is probably the most exciting back in the class.
1: Yeah, second best explosive run rate amongst uh, this draft class. Um, Average seven yards per carry throughout his career. Four runs of ten plus yards in each of the last four games of the season, and I think that's significant because if you talk about a running back, he won that
0: game versus USC,
1: the running back that's taking a lot of carries and taking a lot of hits throughout the season. Uh, you know, we know this with Saquon Barkley. Can they be at their best all throughout the season and especially at the end? And Tajay Spears, at least his senior year, he was. And this includes the bowl game versus USC, like Bobby says, versus UCF, a top 25 opponent at the time, and Cincinnati. So you can look at it being like, well, you know, who are they playing over at Tulane? They gave lane? him
0: 35 carries versus Cincinnati, and he looked pretty yeah. damn good doing it, too. Like, there was negative runs in there, but he looked good against, like, the best competition. That was exciting to see with Tajay.
1: Yeah, and some plays versus Cincinnati where Spears beats, I'm thinking of in in particular a touchdown, um, where Spears beats Ivan Pace Jr. to the corner, and he kind of gives Ivan Pace Jr. a little bit of a juke in space, um, and then beats him to the corner of the end zone, touchdown Tajay Spears, touchdown Tulane. So, and even you're thinking, well, who are they playing at Tulane? Those are some pretty good opponents to end the season that Tulane had, and Tajay Spears had a lot of success. 23 of his 35 10-plus yard runs came in the last six games of the season. So, again, Mm -hmm. finishing the season strong. Bobby mentioned yards after contact per attempt, and I'm even going to tell you 1,052 of his 15, uh, of his 1,586 yards came after contact. He's a competitor, showed that competitive nature at the Senior Bowl. This is, for me, this is this year's James Cook, right? A guy that's fun. A guy that's exciting and James Cook kind of taught me taught me a lot of lessons. We'll we'll see what James Cook's NFL career looks like, but I really liked Cook last year. You know, looking at that explosive run rate metric, so I'm really putting Tajay Spears that kind of James Cook label on him. Of what you do, you do it really well, and the big question is, can it transfer over to the NFL level? Um, and can a coaching staff and maybe can the Giants, if Tajay Spears is drafted, can they maybe surround Spears in a running back by committee? that will utilize his strengths the best. I don't think Spears is a is a bell cow can, you know, take the ball 15 to 20 times a game and then lead an offense that way. I think Spears is going to be best utilized in a running back by committee like most running backs, you know, like most teams in the NFL, I feel like anyway. Running back by committee but highlighting what he does well and it's going to take a team to kind of do that and mold that around him. Do you agree?
0: Yeah, except for the with James Cook, like James Cook wasn't strong through in between the tackles where I think Tajay Spears is like Tajay Spears will make you miss in the open field. And he'll I'm, not the, I'm, the tackles.
1: I'm not giving the I'm not giving the player comp. That's not what I intended to do, but I'm slapping the James Cook label on him being like, what's your NFL he's, role? He's a role is, player. Yeah. What's your NFL role? How is it going to transfer? It's not just an automatic slam dunk. All right. Here's your RB one. And here's kind of like your full time running back. No,
0: no, like he will be, like you said, he will be using a running back by committee. Um, like you said, I don't I don't see him being an 18 to 20 carries. I, I don't see him being like, hey, this is our lead running back type of guy. Right. But I do see him being able to split time and be 50-50 with another good back and being very successful too. But you do have to coach him up. Like you You don't want to take away like the big play ability, but you kind of have to coach him up be like, hey, in the NFL, man, we this isn't an East-West league. This is a North-South league. Get North-South, and then let your superstar and be, you know, your 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 star ability shine. You know, don't be trying to win the game in the backfield. Which again, there's just too much of that. Where I mean, I'm talking about like, man, you should have cut two seconds ago, and you're still carrying this you're still pressing this whole horizontally instead of getting upfield and you're leaving yards on the field. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the issue with Ty J. Spears is like he will create negative runs instead of getting upfield. Um, but with that too is he is patient. Like he is patient through the hole and then, bam, he will burst out of it and create a big play. And we saw that happen with him a lot at two lanes. So Ty J. Spears, not the best back in this class or the guys we're talking about, but I think he's the most fun. Like I think he's more fun to watch than Charbonnet and Kendra Miller. And, and those I guys think, are fun to watch too.
1: And I think Tajay Spears has more of a realistic chance to be a giant than um you know Charbonnet, who we just talked about.
0: All right, last running back we talk about before we get into the tight ends. This guy plays up to his name, Tank Bigsby. I mean, his parents knew what they were doing when they named this kid. <laughs> running back out of Auburn, six foot two hundred and ten, so big, but not huge. Uh had, you know, uh, 2,000 yards over over the last season, basically, you know, 970 last year, 1100 the year before. Uh, Not a flashy back, but there's something about his game that I love is this guy does not create negative runs and he takes runs that should be negative runs and turns them into positive. So he is very much like, a hey, I want to push the pile. I want to hit the hole and I want to hit it hard and I want to fall forward. But every time it basically, every time I saw there be something, uh, a defender that's leaking into the backfield, he's not a make-you-miss guy, but he would make that guy miss and then burst and bounce, you know, need to bounce the play. And again, he only bounces the run at appropriate times. Um, you know, so he's not like, he's not super elusive, like, but when guys are in the backfield, like, he's able to miss those guys and create positive runs. And again, like, he's just... He has a great feel of seeing a play breaking down, like seeing like, hey, this blocker is not going to sustain this. He's going to get beat inside. I'm going to cut outside. Like he's got really good vision. He likes to get upfield and 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 you know, like push the pile. The here's where I I want a realistic improvement in his game that I want though. When he is in the open field, he will fall forward, but he almost like dives forward and and kind of like I'm going to get three yards where it's like if you. You know, you could still play behind your pads and maybe try and break through these tackles and turn the bigger run where he's just kind of okay with, hey, I'm going to fall forward, get my extra three yards.
1: Yeah. What's impressive about Tank Bigsby is that he was able to still be productive and efficient enough when this Auburn offensive line and this Auburn team and this Auburn offense was really, really bad this year. Really, really bad. I mean, they were one of the worst offensive lines in the SEC. Um, and despite that, he averaged the seventh most rushing yards after contact per attempt with 4.2. Um, as a true freshman, you know, maybe when those Auburn teams were a little bit better, uh, he ranked tied for third in the Power 5 with with a 34% forced missed tackle rate, um, which that's not really a metric that, you know, evolves around offensive lines specifically. But this year, sixth in yards after contact per attempt amongst draft eligible players he was seventh in explosive run rate as well and I think Tank Bigsby's game you know very different from Tajay Spears I think kind of his role and his projection to the league is kind of like you know I think he can be a bell cow back I think he can be an RB1 where you know you're playing on first and second down you know um, I don't know if you have any evaluation on him as a pass blocker but he's not a small running back you know shouldn't by at least by yeah they didn't
0: really put him in much I think it needs improvement they didn't put him in for a guy that plays like him, I wanted to see him be a better blocker. Like, I, I saw Kendra Miller be a better blocker than Bixby. But, but first and second down. Box.
1: First and second down, Tank Bixby's on the field, and you're you're not concerned about, you know, his, his projection there.
0: Yeah. Like, like you said, you feel comfortable giving this guy, you know, a load of carries. Now, he's gotten a lot of carries, you know, uh, at Auburn too, you know he got 138 carries. I guess that's not too many, but in his 2020 season, um,
1: turning 22 in August.
0: Yeah, basically all these guys are either 22, just turned 22, or turned 22, and then Miller Miller's the young one out of the group. Yeah. Um, so what the running it? back, the running back is definitely the the youngest part of the put class, right? For any position, like, but it's by, still important to look
1: at with running backs. You know, even though they are a little bit younger, yeah, I mean it's important to look at. How many carries they're getting. A lot of these guys that we were talking about, they've they've gotten like two years of like, you are the running back in the offense work. Um and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just kinda it's kind of part of the part of the evaluation for sure.
0: Who was the running back who had like less than a hundred carries that we talked about in two thousand I think in two thousand twenty as well. And we ended up signing him as a young undrafted free agent that I liked. Was it Deshaun Corbin? Javon Leak.
1: Javon Leak. Two thousand twenty. Yeah, he was a was... kick
0: returner out of Maryland. I liked him. Science. Sign- yes. he, he, he was he came in the camp. He did well in that remember that little blue white scrimmage during COVID. So um Yeah, so again, he's like like you said, not gonna bring you much receiving value. He needs to improve as a blocker. So if you wanna like right now I wouldn't put him on the field on, on third downs, but uh he will he will he will he has really good vision. He knows when to bounce it, when to not, and he's gonna get you your four or five yards. Like he's going to be consistent in that and there's a lot of value in the
1: league in that yeah and he has experience of running behind not a great offensive line which you know you you may get that in the nfl you know it's not your like draft you're you get that running with the
0: giants you, you,
1: you'll you'll you may get that with the giants so uh hopefully not hof- top 30 visit too hopefully
0: not all right Justin, why don't you read an ad and then we'll talk about some tight ends oh you threw me off
1: guard i'm not ready to read an ad uh
0: Puka Williams was arrested and charged with domestic battery oh,
1: and no, punching I hate... his
0: girlfriend and grabbing her by the throat. He now plays in the XFL for the DC Defenders as a backup kick returner. I you hate lost. Puka I Williams. Won. I won.
1: I hate Puka Williams. See, this is why I didn't want to endorse the culture of violence before, but I did it. Um, But I but I took it back. I took it back. I, I uh... I um, I give up victory. Today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. That's the ad. If you don't know what SeatGeek is, they're a ticketing app that they make, buying tickets, super terrifically easy and simple. With over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app ever on the planet, no doubt about it. You can put it on the board. There are more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeek, including sports, concerts, festivals, and so much more. They always want to make sure that you are getting a good deal. So even when you're on the app, look for those green dots. Because green, that means good. And I don't know if you knew, but red, that's a bad color. And that means that it's a bad deal. Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantees. And SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. We've got the hookup. Use code GIANTS to get $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code GIANTS. Click the link in the description to download the app. You'll be glad you did.
0: You'll be glad you did. All right, this first tight end we're going to talk about, I almost feel a little dirty because he is like projected for a second round. But the Giants did take a top 30 visit with him, so I think it'd be worth talking about. And that is Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State. Six foot six, two hundred and fifty-three pounds, ran a four six one forty. He's he's athletic. Now, here's the thing: had a knee injury, only played two games this last year. Now, in those two games, like he uh, you know, he's uh you know, led uh he's he he had the most yards per route run for tight ends um in this class. And I think he's just gonna be a QB friendly guy. Uh one, you have the really good speed with elite get-off, right? Like he has the highest ten yard split in the class for tight ends, which I think matters even almost more so for for the tight end spot than the forty yard dash. I think this guy is just going to be a, a good f- a friend for the quarterback. He moves well, very smooth, getting in and out of his breaks. Um, he understands route cell and he reads leverage of defenders. Like if a linebacker's trying to reroute him, he's got quick hips to avoid it. And he got a good catch rate. radius and go up and makes him like tough catches down the field, like twenty plus yards. Like I think he'd be explosive. Um, Musgrave I think is like he's going to be a re- I think he's going to be a really good tight end in the NFL. I really do.
1: All right, here's I, my f- I have a late first grade on him. Here's my first little tangent on drafting tight ends early. That I'm now kind of, you know, learning more than we do football, more than we do draft. Uh the NFL is really bad at evaluating tight ends. Um like we thought that Pat Fryermuth was going to be an absolute slam dunk. Uh, second round, 55th overall. He's been I can, good. I can see that's where. But, I mean, still, if you look at what a second-round pick should be, I mean, should it be more than, you know, maybe 60 catches? And, you know, the bet he had this year 732 yards, two touchdowns. Like, you know, it's fine. Um, if it's rookie year, he had seven touchdowns, which is promising. Touchdowns are kind of like – I don't like, like a, you
0: shitting on Fryermuth. He's been good, especially with some bad quarterback and offense. He's been of good.
1: Scheming. But my but my overall question is, with tight ends, like, is it worth, like, does that value and does that stat line really, is it worth that second-round pick? And Frymuth, I think, is an exception. Frymuth is, is an exception, because I think if you look at, you know, Trey McBride, who's also taken 55th one year later, you know... How does his game kind of translate? You know, obviously his rookie year with bad quarterback play wasn't that great. They already had, you know, they already had another tight end there in Arizona. Anyway, so drafting tight ends is certainly interesting because I don't, I think the NFL and generally people are bad at evaluating what tight ends are going to be good or not. You know, we always talk about all the time here, how boring is good. Like boring is good for tight ends. And there's somebody who we're going to talk about. Later from Michigan, who was like, if you're thinking about drafting Luke Musgrave in the first or second round, just draft this guy in like the third round, you know, and I think it's kind of like kind of like the same thing. But Musgrave's good. I mean, he he's probably going to be one of the he's one of the fastest tight ends in the NFL when he gets drafted to a team and when he puts on pads this September. He hit a top speed of like 20 miles per hour uh, at the Senior Bowl. He's had some bad luck because the knee injury this year and then also his COVID, you know, his shortened season of 2020 for for COVID, um, it's left a, a kind of like a lack of consistency on the field and a lack of a stat line. Um, but really, it's just, is Musgrave really worth that kind of label of, you know, a first round pick or a high second round pick? Is it really worth it when, you know, uh, that's my question. Is it really worth it? No, he's not worth it for the Giants.
0: No, I'm, ask, I'm asking really
1: for for really any team.
0: I I mean I if I was the team if I were the Giants and we didn't take uh, if we didn't trade for Dan Waller he would absolutely be a, a target for me at 57. Not. At you 25, talk about his blocking. It, no, I mean there's a lot to be desired as a blocker, but you see some good stuff it's defensive linemen slip off him pretty consistently. So there is, there is a lot there to be desired as a blocker, but like I can see him being in two tight end sets and not being a liability either. Um, Cause
1: also for me, you look at the, like you look at the, the salary cap of, you know, tight ends that get like second deals. Like the fact that Evan Ingram is making over $10 million um, was a Dalton Schultz who didn't get necessarily the contract that, he wanted so it's not even just looking at the certain players that are drafted early and their and their play but it's also looking at well when you draft a guy early first or second round the ultimate goal is to sign him to a second contract and it just feels like you look at the tight ends that are being paid over 10 million dollars and it's not besides if it's you know the kittles and the Kelseys of the world then those are like game changing franchise altering players it just it may not be worth it so if like if Luke Musgrave turns into Dalton Schultz like it that's a, that's a success. Yes.
0: But I could see him turning into like a Dallas Goddard. Like is Dallas Goddard a good second round pick by the Eagles? Yes. You punched him. Funny story about Dallas Goddard. Oh, I did. I, I, South Dakota punched him in the face. I almost thought about putting the South Dakota tight end on this list just to bring that up. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about guys who are realistic options for the Giants. I don't know why they brought Musgrave in for a top thirty visit. Um. It's another Luke. Luke. If, if we draft him, what do we, what do we chant? Luke or Shoon? Luke I'm Shoonmaker, Shoon. the tight end out of Michigan. People complain. Shane specifically, like, why don't you talk about Michigan players? Back to back episodes. Six five, 251 pounds. Moves well, Justin. So I'll be honest. I got really, really, really excited about Luke Shoonmaker. And that excitement went away a good amount when I saw that he's going to be 25 in the season. He's yeah. very, very old. But this, to me, is a verse if, if you just said, like, hey, he's 22 and a half, I'm like, this is a versatile tight end who has the room to grow into a dynamic player. Like, you talk about... You just mentioned, like, how tight ends will just show up out of nowhere and become stars, like, out of the late rounds. My bet would have been... Luke And maybe that can still happen despite the fact that he's 25 years old. But he's a solid athlete with just better better movement than long speed and he can block, dude. Like and and multiple ways. Like go watch him versus Jack Campbell in Iowa. No one did a better job blocking Jack Campbell than Luke Shoemaker out of Michigan. You know, an inline blocker. Like, he lands his hands, he extends, and, and is able to sustain those blocks really, really well. Like, he keeps his feet square with a good base. You use him as a move blocker. Like, you put him out on the perimeter, he's going to land that block and sustain it. You put him in an H-back role, have him lead up. Not his best role, but he still does a good job getting to that. I would like to see a little more aggression in that. And then he has all the athleticism. And like the ability to like, you know, sink his hips in the transition in and out of breaks that while his route running needs refinement, it definitely does. But like, you can see him turning in to a good receiving threat. Like this is an exciting player. It's just the age throws you off a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Now, negatives, like he's like you said, he's not much of a yak threat. Um, He needs to be more aggressive attacking the ball right like go go up and get the ball like don't don't let the ball come to you you go get the ball and then for a guy who's as good as blocking as him i'm kind of dumbfounded by this he gets rerouted really easily right and at the stem of routes like he kind of doesn't absorb that contact well and there's just too many times where it's like hey man why don't you try and influence that db and then break off of it where he's almost like running into the player um and you know allowing that guy to stay in the hip but in zone, like he knows how to make himself, you know, open. Uh, you know, he can run like the basic Y routes in the quick game. And again, I think he has ability to become a, you know, a fifteen-plus yard threat too on the field. He's just kind of he just needs refinement in his route running. For sure. I mean, if if we're not factoring in age, I have him as top of the third round. Yeah, it's fair. Absolutely. Yeah, factoring in age, but I like him, you know, and I was, you know, I was talking with Robert Smits about him. He likes him. Uh, Eric Turner of the Cover One guys, like, he's a, he's a guy that people like, but, again, 25 years old is going to te- keep keep teams from probably I, – I don't think he's going to go on day two because of the age. Yeah. And we're not talking about a guy who – he has a receiving ability, but he's not, like, a huge receiving threat right now. And there needs yeah. to be refinement there. That being paired with, like, do you want to take a guy that needs a good amount of refinement at 25 years old? The next guy in this list was our senior bowl crush, fell in love with this guy out of Purdue. Six foot six, 253 pounds, pain Durham, and he brings the pain. And guess what? He had good receiving production at Purdue, right? He had 560 receiving yards and eight touchdowns this past, uh, year. Now here's the big thing with him. This is why he cannot be a round three. He could maybe go into the fourth round pick. He's as slow as they come. His speed, I mean, he ran a 4.8740 and it was very noticeable down at Mobile. Like this guy is, he is flat out slow. He is unathletic, um, you know, and that's obviously going to stop him from beating man coverage, but he is a good enough route runner to come up in verse zone in the quick game. You know, the Y stick type of stuff. Uh, and he is a great catcher of the football like catches with his hands makes tough contesting like everything that's thrown to him he's going to catch like he positions his body and boxes out defenders even in the senior bowl there was times where they threw the ball so i can't believe this dude caught it and there was you know if you get a team that's running cover three that's not ma- uh, man matching you could put them in the seam and, and get them a chunk play that way but the reason you love him is my man is blocks like a tackle he he is an inline blocker who works angles, sustains really well. You can move him into a, a fullback uh, role as that H and just put him in space, work him on screens. Like he is a he is a beast in the run game and just he does so many things well. But he has the prerequisite. Uh, he doesn't have the prerequisite of being even modestly fast. Like he is as slow as they come.
1: This is the boring that we love, though, right?
0: Just because, this is, if, but this is a guy you take in the fifth round, Justin, and he plays on your team day one, and he plays on your team every single year, and that's why I like Payne Durham. Not because I think he's going to be some some dynamic tight end, but he's someone I can see being there in the fifth round and taking in the fifth round, and I'm like, this guy has a role on my team for the next four years, guaranteed.
1: Yeah, because when you look at the success of draft picks or not, um, I think Joe Joe Shane even like talked about this. Talked about this, too, um, during the, the presser today where, you know, he looks at games played. He looks at, you know, pr- projecting uh, as a starter or not. You know, is Payne Durham going to be, you know, a, a starter in the NFL? No, but I think he will have a role in the NFL. And I think when you think when you evaluate a draft pick three years out from now and, you know, Payne Durham is getting 40 percent, 35 percent issue of the snaps, maybe contribute on special teams. I don't know, whatever. Fine. That will be a successful draft pick. And if you look at the impact that he has uh, as a blocker, if you're a team that's dedicated to running the ball, maybe even outside zone, where you're relying on your, you know, the your the outside, you know, outside the tackle to hold up in their blocks and not be a liability there, Payne Durham is gonna be like a successful draft pick. He won't be a superstar, but he will be a successful draft pick to whatever team kind of picks him up.
0: Yeah, I I I, lo- I love Payne Durham for what he is. Like he is He's a want like basically every mock draft video because I've been doing the Bleacher Report live stream. He's like, just do a mock draft. Um, not gonna do that next week. Um, it's like I right, fifth round, give me Turner right? I, I feel good about that pick. Um, so yeah, fell in love with down the Senior bull excited, and the Giants took a top thirty visit with him. You know, so how often love is that. a guy coming in for a top thirty visit that runs a a four eight nine forty in the combine at or a four eight seven forty for a tight end? Not often. Not often is what I say. All right. The next guy on this list, this guy could go late second. I don't think so. Or go late six-round pick. Like this guy is going to be – I I cannot wait to see just where this guy is drafted because I'm intrigued by him. And that is Old Dominion tight end Zach Koontz, who's 6'7", 255 pounds, 34-inch arms. Perfect tight end frame. Well, guess what? His testing, four five five forty. 40 inch at vertical jump, 687 three cone drill, 412 shuttle, bench press 23. I mean, you're, if you're creating a, a combine Madden player, it is Zach Kunz, the tight end out of Old Dominion, right? He yeah. is the prototype size and athletic profile for the tight end spot. Like, long speed is good, good get off. He will challenge you at all three levels. His change of direction is smooth, getting in and out of breaks. But, but, the biggest but of all time in this in this draft class he is not a good football player his route running needs a ton of work from a technical standpoint uh he uses no route cell like his routes are basically like you draw them up on the board like sh- a post sh- straight angle that's what he does there is no nuance to his route running and often he is just running into the db's like he is running into the db's on a straight line not using any influence using any route cell on them and they are getting physical and he's basically covering himself the way he r- runs routes um and has a total lack of physicality and can be rerouted very easily doesn't tempo his routes at all
1: he kind of and- plays like a big wide receiver uh, just like uh, a really big wide receiver yeah a
0: bad wide receiver <laughs> uh has a bad feel for zone like finding the holes in his own um a body catcher often bobble, bobbles the ball, Justin, and then his blocking is pathetic. Like you cannot have him as a play side blocker in line, and then they Old Dominion tried to use him as you know, uh, you know, a move blocker, and wham, it was pathetic. Like he blocked with hes—it's it was one thing to not be a good blocker in those situations. He did it with hesita- hesitation and no aggression. Um, so I have him as a six round player, but the guy is like. He's you put him in on a Madden team he's going to he's going to kill. So it's like you this is you have this ball of clay and I'm sure he didn't have the best coaching in the world at Old Dominion. So he's this ball of clay who the Giants brought in for a top 30 visit that Kent he has the ability to be a superstar. But it's like you have so much to work on his game with.
1: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head and uh is he not the Tough last name, by the way. I don't even want to I don't even want to flirt around talking about saying it. Um this is the ultimate epitome of what I've been talking about this entire episode. You know, Justin having his little thing with tight end positional value, whatever. This is the perfect example of the NFL like not being good with tight ends because they they could be, you know, Zach could be turned into a star, or he could turn into a guy who's Barely gonna play three years down the line, right? Like both both realities. Maybe not a star, but you know he could turn into a really good NFL tight end. Both realities, you can agree that they both exist, right?
0: Yeah, I want to go see where he's ranked on Dame Bruger just to see where he has him to get a feel. Um, let's see. For tight ends, he has him ranked tenth, and as a fourth to fifth round. So that's where he's gonna go, right? He's going in the fourth and the fifth round. Maybe. I somebody is going to bet on that talent and think they can coach him up. Um the question is, can he be coached up and how how well can what what is he going to be coached up to? Um That's a great and question. He's also gonna be twenty four in a month, so he's not the youngest guy in the world either. Yeah. Um Here's what here's what bothers me a lot about it and it's why I have him as a 6 and maybe not as like a late 4th rounder is that he blocks with hesitancy at least if he was a bad blocker it'd be there would be some aggression in it but it's not there but so I am glad the Giants brought this guy in for a top 30 visit this is the type of guy you bring in the top 30 visit for and see what his mental makeup is because if you can find out and talk to people I'm like hey this guy's a grinder like it didn't have the resources at Old Dominion to you know, to grow, wasn't asked to do much. Like, that could be, if you get it, if you find out this guy's a dog, like he's going to work, he's going to get better, then I would, I, I'm celebrating the Zach Coons draft pick if that happens.
1: Yeah, for sure. 100%. It's I just, just <laughs> it's, it's tough to project. It's just very, it's very, it's very tough to project that.
0: One more draft preview, and that is wide receivers coming on Monday, and then, uh, oh. I'll be in New York City. We'll be doing our mock draft episode, draft stream. Stick around. Draft is going to be awesome. Film breakdowns. It's going to be wild. Um, since we got a couple minutes left, I'm glad we finished a little early. Can we talk about Twitter uh, taking away blue check marks? Yeah, um, long long term win for us. Well, here's the thing. I don't. I don't think it's. I mean, I guess if their goal is like, hey, we just want to make as much money as possible, it's a win. But it's like it does make the app worse. Like I didn't agree with it. But the troll in me loves it. Yeah. To see the one, the people lose their mind about it. And then the other people pretend they're not mad about it. But you can just read through their tweets. like, And they'll be like, I'm not mad. I'm saying I don't care about this. But like there was a sports writer who talked about how this is going to be dangerous in emergency situations. If anything, it's going (laughs) to help. Because guess what? Big issue with the blue check marks was randoms having blue check marks and we yeah. report stuff, and people would just believe it. We did this with uh, GT Bobby Thompson. People were taking his word as gospel just because he had a blue check mark. And it's like, I'm telling you guys, he does, he's nobody. He doesn't know anything.
1: All right, so now it's actually on the individual... So now you- To to go and find out is this person a reliable source,
0: and not just believing every blue check mark that pops up and tweets out sources say or rumor is this. Like you have to. It's so like it almost helps with that, but I just, I mean, give the reporters their blue check marks. It does help you like gain a following and stuff too. Like we've seen it do wonders for the Talking Giants account, which yeah, um, but it's but it's been very funny. Like, all right, so Rich Eisen's a friend of John Boy Media, so I'm not going to go too hard. And he, if he was sitting face to face with me. I would joke about this with him. Yeah. He tweets out 16 hours ago, like, I'm not defined by a blue check mark, which one you. is just a weird tweet. Like, it's like, I'm definitely not sad and mad right now. Mm-hmm. And then he made his header his old blue check mark. So it's like, you, you love that blue check mark, my friend. You love it. Um, And then it's like, yeah, people are making blue check marks their headers. Like, man, this blue check mark was. Was very very important to
1: you. It was very very important. So it's been it's been pretty funny. Part uh, part of it's, I mean, Elon just taking something that he's like, a troll people, and it's he's annoying. Like he's made the site worse. Yeah he has um, he has made it he has made it worse. But it's uh. It's one of those things where it's funny for a day and then it's like, all right, well.
0: Yeah, it'll be annoying in a couple of days.
1: Yep, it'll it'll be annoying then. It gave me uh, – everybody sharing their, their banner pictures, it gave me an opportunity to remind everybody what my banner picture is. And it will not change for a while. It will eventually change.
0: we got to figure a, out a good picture to change it to. I don't think I'll a, ever change mine.
1: And that's Carl Banks. Carl Banks telling me that I just do this for a hobby. I love my
0: – I mean, my banner picture is that. I love it. I'll never change it. Um, Speaking of which, I got to ask you something. I'm just telling you something after the show uh, about a gift. I want to get somebody a gift. All right. We appreciate you guys. We'll be back Monday with your wide receiver draft preview. Get excited. The Giants are drafting a wide receiver in the first round. We are batting 1,000. We are batting a 1,000 on our last preview pod being a position the Giants draft in the first round. Quarterback in 2019, offensive tackle in 2020, wide receiver in 21, and then offensive tackle last year with Evan Neal. So, We appreciate you guys. Enjoy your weekend because next weekend ain't a weekend. Next weekend is work. We are going draft, draft, heavy, heavy in a Chevy. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go Big Blue.